1: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. Excuse me, and I'm choking today. (laughs) I'm a three-time, 20-year breast cancer survivor, and I'm also a professional speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. I am also really glad to have Sharon back today. She's been gone for two (laughs) weeks in the sunny south where we've been struggling in the cold here, but... Fortunately, we have a wonderful co-host, or guest co-host, Yvonne, who's been covering for Sharon, but Sharon, we're happy to have you back. So,
2: Well, thank <laughs> you. Yep. So, I'm Sharon. I'm a 23-year survivor. I'm also a certified life coach and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And we're both the co-founders of the Breast Friends. And we have a really interesting and an often overlooked topic today, scar tissue. Boy,
1: and how the timing on this couldn't be better because I just had surgery yesterday and I think I'm going to be dealing with another battle of of scar tissue. But our guest today is Marjorie Brooke. Um, Marjorie is the creator of the straight method for scar tissue reversal. And I can't wait to learn more about this. So welcome, Marjorie. Thanks for being on our show. Hi. Hi. Hi, i so
3: happy to be here with you
1: guys. Well, we're thrilled. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you and how you got into this work? Because I haven't heard of anybody specializing in this, so talk to well, us about there, that. Well,
3: there there are people now, but in the beginning, uh, they didn't. I personally am a licensed uh, massage therapist out of uh, New York in the United States, um, and I have always dealt with scar tissue since like the big since I had my first clinic, my first cl- uh, client in student clinic. Um, I really thought that uh, everybody paid attention to scar tissue, but I found out through my practice and through going around teaching my therapeutic stretching that no one really did. Uh, So I put it out there, and it quickly became apparent that many, many people suffered from problems with scar tissue. So from there, I ended up, besides teaching healthcare professionals, of course, the U.S., and speaking out uh, Mm -hmm. in in groups to organizations and and to... um, Other healthcare uh, providers about the work. I ended up taking, uh, going international, and traveling all over this beautiful globe of ours, and just trying to spread the word about the effects of scar tissue.
1: Wow, that's that's great. That's impressive. And you know what really impresses me the most about that? I think because you've turned this into your life's work. So many times that doesn't happen unless there was a deep personal relationship with something, you know, like for Sharon and me, we've both gone through breast cancer and we've made breast cancer our life's work, but it sounds like your passion around this came because of your, your interest in helping other women who have gone through this rather oh, than it, something it, personally, it. Yes, you know, well, that you've it, dealt it, with. With
3: the women and with the men, it just, I found that it, it, you know, it's something that just, I just naturally was drawn to and was always doing because I saw how much it was the root of so many problems, physically, emotionally, um, psychologically, all related back to scar tissue. And I just, you know, it was, my first goal, you know, I became a massage therapist was to help people one-on-one. And then I realized that so many other therapists needed to know about this. And then when I started just putting it out there, it, the response was incredible. I wrote it on my first article back in 2009. To this day, and I wrote it for a professional magazine, for a massage magazine, to this day I get two or three emails or phone calls a week from people all over the world desperate for help because they're, usually when people come to me they're at the end of their, end of their rope. Because people, no one pays attention to scar tissue. They don't understand scar tissue. Most of the medical profession ignores it, says it's nothing, and people are being told they're crazy, they're nuts. And they're like, no. I mean, I spend a large majority of my time just listening to people's stories and being there and saying, no, you're you're, you're not crazy. This is happening to you. And just in mm-hmm. that alone, I've just felt this need to get out there because there's just so many things that can be fixed, solved, and prevented or changed. Very simply by understanding how the body works and what's going on.
1: Well, good for you. And this Uh, sounds then like this was kind of more of a gradual process into your massage therapy practices. Because you kind of probably started out just doing the normal stuff, right? And then evolved into this.
3: It did. It started. It started with you know me just doing it in my private practice. And in all honesty, the thing that really boosted the scar work is um, I was training in the therapeutic stretching. And I was going around the country assisting and teaching that work, and any time I saw a scar, I couldn't help myself. Let me help you with that. Was, yeah, let me, come here a second. You know, just sorry, you know, on breaks and on lunch and on this, and I would show up at a seminar to teach, and everybody would be, oh, are you doing your scar work? Or, or people would be lining up to show me their scars and flashing me their scars, and I'd you know, eat my lunch break in, in the classroom working on people. <laughs> And I just noticed, and I was getting this really like huge crowd around my table every time I was working. And I realized that there was a very, very big need for this work and an understanding of this work. And the more and more I got out there, the more and more I realized. And over the years, I, I started out thinking, oh, this is going to be what? Like a 15, like a two, three hour class. And the first time I put through the class, I put together a handout with all the information I thought pertinent. And it was a 50 page handout. I was like, oops.
2: Oh, my goodness. And, um, <laughs>
3: The, the four hour class lasted for six. That was ten years ago. And now <laughs> oh, wow. it's a, it's a multiple series of different things and I'm always expanding. The reason, uh, the straight method says the, the last part of this integrated therapies and I, cause I'm always pulling in new things cause there's always more things and as, as, as things develop and, and they're doing great strides and research and all of that, I add everything to the classes. So there's always more and more and I learn more every day. Uh, from all aspects—the physical, the emotional, the mental—and I try to pull all of that into the classes to equip people as much as possible to deal with it.
1: Well, you That's know what? Evening. If you if you put as much, <clears throat> excuse me, energy into the work you do with scar tissue as you're putting into our interview, I love it. You are you are just a <laughs> breath of fresh air, my friend. <laughs> I <laughs> I love listening to you talk. You are you're brilliant. I can tell. Um, so uh, let, let's talk on. about your brilliance <laughs> for a moment. Because what is scar tissue? I mean, we all have it. We you know you get a you get an owie or a bump, and then it forms some kind of little thing. And and we know it's scar tissue. But what's actually happening there? What's what's causing scar well, tissue? And and what are
3: the different kinds? How, depending on how you received it. Was it a surgery? Was it repetitive? stress injury adhesion, did you fall, was there a car accident, because sometimes scar tissue isn't visible, sometimes it's stuff going on internally and you don't realize it. I use the word scar because that's the sexy word that gets everybody in, but really it's about um, stuck tissue, adhered tissue. Now scar tissue is not a bad guy to start with, everybody scars, everybody has some, you know, depending on the severity of the, you know, like a minor paper cut or something you're not going to scar, but if you have an injury, an open wound, a surgery, the scar tissue is the tissue that replaces the tissue that's been damaged. So the people that say, oh, they're breaking it down, they're, they're removing it. No. The only way scar tissue can be removed is if you're surgically cutting it out, which will then eventually yield what? More scar tissue. And it's More right, scars. <laughs> right? And you're not breaking it down because it's supposed to be there because it's replaced the tissue that was formerly there. The thing to understand mm-hmm. is that scar tissue is your tissue, but it's got some issues. First off, it's only 70% as functional as normal tissue. And it also tends to restrict, pull, and limit the ability of the body to move. And from different areas, you could be having breast work. You could have a mastectomy, implants, reduction. And the scar tissue from that, not only giving you problems within the thoracic area, the chest area, it can be causing problems all the way down to your feet. Because the scar tissue, you're one big piece of tissue uh layer upon layer upon layer like an onion, but everything's connected to everything else. So if you mm. pull from one area, like if you pull your shirt at the bottom it's, and you pull down and you pull down, you're going to see eventually it's, you're going to feel it in your shoulders. You're going to feel it in mm-hmm. your back because it's all one yeah. piece and it's wrapped around you. Mm.
1: So good point. That's, how that's a move. good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, affects- the, what's the 30% that doesn't, that doesn't work the same way? You said a 70% um, works the same way yeah, as regular. it's not but-
3: as strong. People think it's stronger. Like, it's not the okay. same as when you scar or break a bone, where it calcifies and gets stronger. The tissue is weaker. Um, it, can, it, it does not allow proper circulation through that area. Sometimes it prevents circulation, and it has to find another way around. Hence, like, your C-sections. And people have, the women complain about that little pooch that they have that they can never get rid of. That's not fat. That's gas and fluids being blocked by the scar tissue. So they can exercise oh. and starve themselves all they want. That's what's never going to go away unless you release the tissue to allow pop proper circulation. Um, Interesting. It also does not have protective uh, sweat glands or hair follicles in any of it. It's not, it's much more dangerous uh, in regards to it cannot block UV radiation. So no matter what scar you have, for however long you have it, you must always wear sunblock when you go outside. Um, mm. And so it, 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 it does just not function the same way. And it's not as strong. And there's other things. Scar tissue can also, this is very big with also with the breast cancer, especially those who have had radiation. Um, mm-hmm. Scar tissue can conduct pain up to a thousand times more efficiently than normal tissue. That's not so, good. <laughs> that, no, no that, a, a lot of, that doesn't sound a good lot of, at all. <laughs> no, and my a lot of goodness. A lot of women with breast cancer that have had a mastectomies and they'll tell you that, from, you know, they'll feel weird. They'll feel pain in this, behind their scapula or up in their shoulder yes. and yes. It's when they move a certain way. And that's because two things. One, it's the pull of the scar tissue from under the breast or from the side of the breast or in the arm, yeah. in the armpit area. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that um, your scar tissue can be acting like an interference field. And what's an interference field? Basically, the scar tissue, because it's blocking energy and uh, flow through it, it also acts as like a capacitor. It stores energy flowing through your body, and then it gets to a point where it can't hold anymore, and it, like, randomly fires it out. Sort of like in Frankenstein's lab when you see the lightning bolts coming up out <laughs> of the little batteries. Yeah. And the problem <laughs> is it shoots it randomly in weird places. And it goes, so you could be having from the, the scar underneath the breast from where they did the implants, it could be shooting and causing a problem in your knee or a problem in your jaw. So all of these weird things, yeah, all of these weird things. People have all these phantom pains and all this stuff, and no one can figure out what it is. And nine times out of ten, it can really be related back to a scar from surgery or a scar from when they fell off their bike when they were four and just was been stuck there. Interesting. Um, And so would
1: most of that damage be, or those those peripheral pains that you're talking about where it's shooting down over here, is that Mm -hmm. mostly then from internal scar tissue rather than like the little scar you see on your skin because you got cut by something?
3: Yes. Well, what it is, again, you're layer upon layer upon layer of tissue. And there's so many layers. And they're supposed to slip and slide and move in every which direction in order to make you mobile that you can bend and twist. The problem is, is these layers, are starting with the surface scar and working its way down, and depending on how far down, you know, if they had surgery, they'd cut multiple layers, so you have scar coming up all the way from there. And what most okay. people don't realize that with surgeries, it's not just the, sur- they didn't just suture the top, there's multiple sutures as they go down level by level. Um, those tissues stick together, like a big clump. Okay. Yeah. And what it is, is they start causing the problems, the pulling and the lack of circulation. Um and does and, and that's where it is. So you might not see um, a lot of people say like orthoscopic, which is you know, they just go in and they you know, and they do that little 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 tiny scar when they're done. But I call orthoscopic rotor rooter. Like they put the tube in and they're th- 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 yeah. going all around the knee and then they pull the tube out. And they're like, oh, look, just a tiny scar. But that did a lot of stuff in the knee. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's like <laughs> the, 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 the tip of the iceberg, as they say. <laughs>
3: Probably exactly. Literally. And then the yeah. other thing to realize is that scar tissue, I call it—is like monkey mind. Scar tissue finds other scar tissue in the body. And it can spread. Mm-hmm. It's not just under where the scar is. Oh, interesting. It can actually spread to different areas and get stuck. And they find each other. It's like when you sit in the movie theater and nobody's around you and someone comes in and they sit right next to you. Yeah, instead of like three rows <laughs> down where nobody is. Scar or right in blind. front of you, yeah. Yeah. Scar, whoever yeah, invented wow. stadium seating, seating for movie theaters is a god for us short people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, but the, that's part of the thing too is they don't realize that it spreads. Then you add to the fact that the scar tissue is limiting range of motion and ch- altering the way you move. So it's limiting your circulation. So now that's not working well in the area. And then your body starts to compensate for the limited range of motion caused by the restrictions of the scar tissue. So now you're compensating and causing problems. So your body is stealing from Peter to pay Paul and actually Mary pays the price somewhere else down the line because she's Mm -hmm. doing all the work.
2: So that's why if we neglect really talking about it or having it worked on, um, Mm -hmm. then it can cause us additional problems in the future. Is that what I'm understanding?
3: Yes, and it, a lot of it is uh, you have to scar. you're supposed to scar. But the problem with scarring is it can either go crazy and go, you know, <clears throat> depending on your metabolism or what's happening in the situation, it can you know overproduce and cause other problems, um, or it could be that you didn't allow yourself to heal well and you keep ripping open things, so you're constantly still healing and working. Um, and 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 that's a big thing. But the other problem is is that we don't do the preventative, it can be prevented. It can be limited, it can be helped to be not so bad um, Uh in regard to how it's formed, but we just don't prepare for that. For example, Mm. any surgery, not just breast surgery, um, everyone should get like two lymphatic massages within 48 hours if they can before the surgery to clear out and boost the lymphatic system. And then immediately Uh after the surgery, they should be getting lymphatic massage. Now, I'm not a certified lymphatics person if they're thinking that's why I'm saying it I'm not I'm trained in basics as a massage therapist, and it's involved in my scar work. but people should be going to certified lymphatic uh, massage therapist with breast cancer. they still don't even recommend it until they're showing signs of lymphedema, which is insane
2: right you know right. what and that's i've been,
3: been, been I've been through that and I've had that uh,
1: massage therapy mm-hmm. lymphatic drainage massage therapy um. After the fact, but nobody ever suggested it before oh, no. cancer to get rid of the pathways. I think that's brilliant. And, you know, that may be something I'm going to suggest to my doctor next time I this see will, him.
3: Because The I lymph, think that's lymphatic massage will clear out and boost your immune system, which yeah. is exactly what you need because your body's about, no matter where you look at it, surgery is an assault on the body.
0: So any surgery
3: that you have, you should be having the lymphatics before. And also what people don't realize, with breast cancer, they understand nodes are taken. But with breast cancer and all surgeries, lymphatic vessels are cut. And they do regrow back in 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 in, in about two weeks. But how are they growing back? In what direction? And if we've lost nodes... It has to be rerouted to the nodes that work, or if we have scar exactly. tissue, the scar tissue could be blocking the flow to the proper nodes that it needs to, like say a C-section, which is across the whole body. Yeah. It, you, there are nodes above and below. If it can't get to where it's supposed to go, you have an issue. So the first and foremost, the body needs to be taken care of. And then even once you're out of surgery, light myofascial work, which can help guide in gen- very light, I'm not talking about massage, very light touch, to help guide the collagen fibers that are being laid down for the scar tissue to lay down properly. And then afterwards, months, like three, three months or more, if things are really sticking, then we can go to the more slightly aggressive, and by aggressive, that's just a term, I don't mean that they're attacking, but slightly more right. intense work to break down the scar tissue and to make sure right. that everything's healing properly, physically, oh, big deal. and to give it's, the it's ability to release emotionally, because you yeah. have a lot of PTSD and a lot of emotional built up into that scar tissue. You no, know, we, we actually reading.
1: we have to take a break right now. Um, okay. but and I know Sharon Sharon's got some really great questions to ask you about sort of this the emotional impacts of, of scar mm-hmm. tissue and how it can do. So we're gonna do it on the other side of the break because I think that's gonna be a really good and lengthy conversation. So stay with us if you're listening live and if you're gonna if you're listening download. You can fast forward through the commercial if you need to, but stay with us because this is going to be a really good conversation. So uh, hang in. We'll be back in a few minutes and see you on the other side.
0: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show.
2: welcome back to our program we've been talking about scar tissue with our guest Marjorie Brooke Um, you know what it's so fascinating I had no idea that this was such a broad subject so I'm very excited that we have you on the show Marjorie Um, one of the things that I think is important to talk about is the physiological impact of scar tissue and you kind of touched on that in the first um, segment but Mm -hmm. things like nerve
3: impingement what is that Well, um, as the tissue heals, it can uh, have a nerve caught in the tissue so that when it pulls or restricts, you get nerve pain. So, like, you only have sciatica pain because, you know, your muscles are tight in your tush. It might not just be from that. It could be from that it's trapped in between the bones, but also it could be from within the tissues if there's a scar. And that happens a lot with um, the mastectomies and the breastwork because there's so much scar tissue up there. And that, and it spreads a little bit, and it just entraps the nerve. And it's, and when that gets squeezed, it sends pain down the nerve pathway. So again, you could have it right in that area, just like with sciatica, you can have it either in in your rear end, or it could travel down to your knee or to your ankle. That happens mm, a lot. A lot of women who have problems breathing, and they have like a pain that shoots into their back or into their chest with deep breaths. That's because there's a nerve trap.
2: Mm, very interesting. Wow. I wonder if that's what you have, Becky, from I your don't radiation know. and stuff. That's that's I don't interesting. Know. Yeah, I've had
1: so much surgery there and and so mm-hmm. much radiation. It's just it's hard to know, but
3: yeah. yeah. With that's the radiation though, there's always a lot of pain with the radiation because the tissue has ultimately been altered, and yeah. and the pain, the nerve endings and the the receptors, the pain receptors, and the tissue have been affected and that's a big problem. So if we don't work on the tissue that's been, um, very gently worked with the radiated tissue to release that, the pain's going to continue. Interesting. Thank goodness I have my appointment lined up.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's that's true. That's true. Well, and then I remember when I had my mastectomy, I was completely numb. I really didn't have very Mm -hmm. much pain at all with my mastectomy. But then to your point, I had the inflators put in and I ended up with two little hard rocks within no time because the scar tissue like attacked the, um, Implants And so they were encapsulated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really weird for me. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, two things. One, the numbness is the flip side. It also can be nerve entrapment because the the nerve is being strangulated and and also lack of circulation. And that can give you a numb feeling as well. Both pain and numbness, they can both be nerve being trapped or lack of circulation. And in regards to the encapsulation, for people to understand when that happens, when the implant gets encapsulated or the uh, expanders, That's your body, your immune system is fighting a foreign object in your body, so it's encapsulating. Now, in regard to the expanders, eventually the expanders are planning to come out. With the implants, That's it's traumatic for many women because they have to keep getting the implant replaced. I have one woman who had only the right side replaced three times. The left side was being accepted, but it was using the right side. So, But when she Mm -hmm. got to me after the third time, we worked on it all the time to keep breaking down the encapsulation so that eventually everything was fine and the body started to accept the imprint. Um, and you have the, the same problem when you have the axillary cording. That's mm-hmm. an, in, in, um, an impingement.
2: Okay. And that, the, the, the uh, cording, that's kind of in your
3: arm and in your breast area, right? Right. It, it's a webbing coming from the breast into the axillary, into your armpit area. And that's an encapsulation of the lymphatic vessels or things. basically the body's encrusting because it's got an issue. And it's, and that needs to be broken down as well. But that should only be broken down by a professional who understands cording, not any massage therapist or any, any old TP That should be someone who understands what they're doing with that.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, and, and,
3: and, and go ahead.
2: I was just going to ask
3: you, what is postural misalignment? Postural misalignment? Well, that goes along with, okay, so what holds your bones in place is your muscles and your connective tissue. Therefore, what pulls it out would be those same things. And if you have scar tissue that's restricting and pulling, it'll end up pulling your skeleton uh, out of alignment. You'll see women that are hunched forward because they're being pulled forward by the contraction over the Mm -hmm. pecs. You'll see um, neck issues, the head are not exactly aligned properly, it's pulled to one side, especially if they've only had radiation on one side and that side's more affected. You'll see shoulder misalignment, you'll see that they don't use one arm as much as the other. Oh, and just on that note, for all the women that have been like 20 years out or whatnot who were told not to use their arm because they had nodes removed, okay, that was for a limited time. For those of you who are still limiting after years after surgery the use of your arm, please start using it again. <laughs> um, Thank you I've come across a lot um, I've come across women that haven't really used the arm For like 20 years Because they were told 20 years ago to limit And not use the arm And really? they didn't, were not, either didn't understand Or were not given a proper time limit Or proper rehab after that oh. And that's like a big boogaboo with me Because you, many women do not get the proper rehab After this type of surgery um, So um, it does All of that incorporates And also sometimes you get tighter and tighter not even so much from the tissue getting tight, but from the emotional aspect, from everything, people are just enclosing in on themselves. And when you move and pull the scar tissue, it's somehow unconsciously it's subconsciously triggering emotion. So mm-hmm. we stop moving to avoid that. You know,
1: you, you brought up an interesting point there because we I've I don't know Sharon you've probably had the same conversation but I've had women say to me, "Well, after my mastectomy, will I ever have use of my arm back?" my arm back and I always yep. tell them, "Well, you will if you use it." <laughs> you know, Correct. because um you know, I, I must have had a really good physical therapist to help me through my lymphedema because she's the one mm-hmm. that said to me, "You know, it may feel limited, but just keep working with it and you will get it back." And I now I have full range of arm motion on both sides, which is pretty awesome. But, but, um, but yeah, you'll, like, yeah, you'll have it's it if fear. you use it. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe they misunderstand are. that you can't, you know, mm-hmm. they think that if it's limited it's because it's going to stay, has to stay that way. You're, you're supposed to limit it. And that's what you're exactly. saying is no.
3: Yeah. yeah it's a lot Good. of a lot of people either they misunderstood it or just their fear is overwhelming so they stop using it and or once they start using it because the scar tissue or the burn from the radiation or the scar tissue is pulling... They're trying to avoid the pain and or the pain or the pull is triggering all of the emotions involved with everything and they become too overwhelmed, so they just stop using. Yeah,
2: yeah. So when you when you talk about the emotional impact, obviously, you know, every time you, you feel like you're limited in your range of motion after going through a mastectomy or a double mastectomy, something like that,
0: uh, mm-hmm.
2: or even radiation you know, I do believe it could trigger that emotion. I mean, it's like those things just kind of like bubble up for us sometimes and we don't even know about it. So, well, and
3: it's, it's, let's talk about that piece of it a little more. Well, there's multiple ways that scar tissue and all of that uh, can cause an emotional reaction. First, just visually looking in the mirror at your altered self. just right. the sight of it. In fact, let me go a step further than that. The tattoo, the targeting marks, the tattoos, right? Which are scars in and of themselves. But just looking at the tattoos can trigger. It's, right. You're in the shower, yeah, the shower is right. You just see these permanent marks all over. So even yep. if you're healthy and you're feeling better, but you see the marks, and that can really set some women back. Um, mm-hmm. The pressure from your, the feel of your clothes, especially with the radiation, the feel of your clothes on the skin is different. Either you're numb or it causes pain. Again, that can be an emotional trigger back. You, uh, women wearing a bra after everything with the implants, it can cause a problem. Let's talk about the um not just the expanders but the drains. You ladies know how horrible it was to have the drain. But even more horrible was when they removed them, yes? <laughs> oh that
2: was awful, yeah. It that felt like awful. there were you know
3: ten feet of tube in me. <laughs> right. And they do yeah. that horrible pull. Then you're just mm-hmm. so relieved afterwards, like pregnancy, you block it out and you forget unless someone brings it up. Now you have this tiny scar where those tubes from the drains were. And then you have pressure from your bra or from something else where the tubes were on that scar all day long. And it's giving you almost an unconscious PTSD because it's rubbing on it. And the same thing yeah, when you have a sense. therapist come and work on you, if they're not aware of the fact that that was going in, that that emotion that it tied to that, they could trigger that on you. Hmm. Oh.
2: Fascinating. That is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Uh, and, and I I know I talk a lot about self-esteem because like you said, mm-hmm. just looking in the mirror or you know, even when you do have reconstruction, they're not your natural breasts. Yeah, they're—I call them placeholders in most cases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. um, it, it it definitely does make a difference in how you see yourself, how you um, yeah th- think about yourself when it comes to that. So when you say stigmatization, I, yeah. what is that?
3: The say that when I say what the stigmatization. Stigmatization? Oh, the stigmatization. Oh, because, um, stigmatization. Yeah, the stigmatization. Because what it what that is 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 if people, well, either the person themselves or other people, like um, they they feel stigmatized by the scars, or if someone oh. sees a scar, or they realize that you've had breast cancer, they automatically take a step back. Like no. your, your it, it's space, like,
2: like when, when you when you when you say something like, oh yeah, I've had breast cancer, and they do the they're looking in your eyes, right, and all of a the sudden boot. they do <laughs> they look they look down and look back up again. I mean, it's so right. funny, isn't it? Well,
3: and you know exactly what now, they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're doing, and they even think it's the same thing as like the first time you tell somebody you have cancer. Ninety percent of the time, your personal space gets bigger because yeah. people just back away because they don't know what to do or how to deal or what to say or as if you're contagious. Um, yeah. understanding, like the first thing I do when someone tells me that they've had can- you have cancer, I take a step towards them and might even touch them, which is what yeah. everyone should do, because it's like, you don't need to show that you go, oh, I'm so sorry, sympathy. It's more about just being present in there and saying, this doesn't change us or you, I'm here. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm not, le- yeah. you know, this is a very big trauma that people go through and just, uh, when you're working on the scars, all of this can be st- that feeling that you got every time you sit someone and you watch them back up or you watch them look at your chest and try not to look at your chest. You know, all of that's involved in there. So like I usually have women kind of talk about that when we're working on the scars manually because then it kind of helps release that connection with the scarring. Other thing is I have women who are so traumatized that they've lost their breasts and they won't even look at themselves in the mirror. They're stigmatized Mm -hmm. by it. There are women who've gotten the implants, and for some reason beyond me, the doctors don't explain to the women that they need to massage the implants to soften them up, or the women are so traumatized by the feel of them, they don't massage them, so then they get very hard. Like you said, you feel like you have hard rocks when they shouldn't feel like hard rocks. And then I have other women where they say their 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 implants, whatever style they got, in the winter turn to blocks of ice, and they feel freezing on their chest all the time. Ooh,
1: and then they're I yeah. That. I could see that. Yeah.
3: Could Ooh, see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's a lot of different things that all this can cause. I mean, like and and separate them. A husband can say, "Why are you always complaining? It's cold," and she can't explain. Well, I have two blocks of ice on my chest
0: or right, the fact right. that she doesn't that want to sense. be
3: touched anymore by herself yeah. or even her husband because they don't feel like her. And part right. of it is is because we don't do the touching, then the, the, the implants aren't softened and worked because outside of the body look nice and flexible and soft. But once they're in the body, they harden to the point that you need to massage them and knead them back into a better feel. And women oh, don't see. do that. I don't yeah. think
2: I was ever told that,
3: never. Right. The other problem, too, is if you don't work, work the scar tissue, depending on how the scar tissue pulls, the implant can be a little misshapen. So the implant is round, but the way the tissue is pulling is causing an odd look, if that right, makes sense. Right,
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, knee, yeah. so let's just so shift gears t- just a tiny bit and, and talk a little bit more about um, the bo- how the body breaks down scar tissue so and and why do you think that always happens because it, it seems like we're supposed to be manipulating it we're supposed to be moving it around and I yeah had no idea and and so I always stayed away from it it's like okay I'm not supposed to do anything I in fact I wore two bras of course this was old time you know this is 23 mm-hmm. years ago but <clears throat> I wore two bras so they didn't move and well, now we the want first, them to move. Well, so this well, is like completely first. opposite of what his
3: concept <laughs> yeah. was. Well, wait, let me, let me just clarify. For the first three months after surgery, when a body's healing, you don't mess with the scar tissue other than very, very light lymphatic, myofascial release, and essential oils or whatever it is you use, topicals you use to heal. But, and very, very gentle, light range of motion, very light touch. Because the body oh. is, is supposed to scar. That's how it heals. But we want okay. to guide the the healing in the right process. So you're not trying to break it up, or I, I never use the word breaking. If you're not trying to release it or keeping it from adhering. In the first three months or so, the body's healing. Maybe a little longer with the radiation. But um, well, Marjorie, so, let me ask a question real
1: quick. Okay, yeah. what about these scar gels like like Mederma or whatever? I don't know what the brands are, but that are supposed yeah. to reduce the visible signs of scarring. Is that is that okay well, to use those early the, on? And do they
3: work? Well. Um, They reduce the surface, some of them, the surface issue of what you see on the surface. They're not Mm -hmm. doing anything for below the surface, which is where your issues are, other than the visual that people don't like. And a lot of them are all chemicals. I personally am not a fan of putting chemicals into a body, especially one that's just been irradiated and gone through chemo. There's enough of that in there already. Um, I'm more, for me personally, I'm about using organic solutions, so in regards to those uh, topics, personally myself, I'm not going to give you a good review on it, but that's my personal. So I don't want to need getting a phone call from a derma tomorrow. Um, right. <laughs> so I understand. Um, it's, yeah, it's not, not my personal. I said I would prefer to go more organic, but either way, I can definitely say it's more a superficial. Many of the ways to treat scars is doing about the superficial surface scar that you can visibly see because that's mm-hmm. the people are with their vanity or this or that or psychologically bothering them and they're not doing anything about the deep internal issues that are happening as the scar tissue spreads. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, and,
2: and again, because there's so few people talking about this, I okay. this is a p- completely new topic for me. So this gives me a lot of great information when I'm talking to patients so I can have them at least... Um, do some research and get some of this kind of specialized massage mm-hmm. because, oh, my gosh, their results and their their um, healing process will be much better mm-hmm. that way, it sounds like.
3: Of course it is. And just asking basic questions, like, talk about when the, what it was like to have the drains and when the drains were removed because that's a traumatic. The whole situation yeah. with the drains in and of themselves and most people who have not experienced that have really much to do with breast cancer, know nothing about drains and that trauma. They know nothing about the expanders that are a constant reminder and visual that has to be increased and causes pain and puts you through another trauma altogether in and of themselves. So these mm-hmm. are all things that are very, very important. And yes, and are linked to the scar tissue because the scar tissue in that area is a reminder. And when you touch it, press it, have any type of visually look at it, it can trigger so it's never just about the physical. It's always about the emotional and the psychological as well. Yeah, okay.
2: and that part gets eliminated many times. It's like you yeah. know, uh, we if we can't see it, it's it's like it doesn't exist. So I'm really glad we're having this conversation. So. Yeah, well, we're going to go out to a break here in just a minute.
1: Yep, we are. So, um, I do have one question for you that I think we can probably get a quick answer to and then pick it up if we need to on the other side. But you mentioned that Uh a lot of patients that are treated, you know, they forget that they had scar tissue. Their doctors Mm -hmm. aren't really dealing with it. Can you give an example of of that? Maybe a a doctor who ignored scar
3: tissue especially
1: in kids a
3: doctor who ignored scar tissue um, you know, uh, well pretty much doctors don't do anything i don't want to say a specific doctor that ignores they don't so long as the wound is healed and there's no uh-huh. infection that's it there's never any speaking if you want to really they don't ask you know the questions. Uh, they don't they, they don't talk about it you know and okay. people will just just like the drains once the drains are out they don't even think about the scar from the drain that to put it okay. in the breast cancer area Okay, right. so, the so they're not
1: ignoring it they're just they're just not bringing up the topic so I, I well, hear what you're saying. Okay. In and of the same thing. It's not on their okay. radar. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we are going to go out to break now, and that gives us one mm-hmm. less question we have to ask on the other side, so <laughs> there's more room for the other stuff. So anyway, we will be back in a minute. If you have any questions for Marjorie or if you're dealing with scar tissue, please feel free to give us a call. Um, our number is 866-472-5792, and we will talk to you on the other side.
0: Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today.
4: When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling. Again, with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and dance like no one is watching region's blue cross blue shield live fearless
2: explore the power of natural healing with howard strauss join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies howard's guests include top researchers authors and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness
0: Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Pressed Friends Cancer Support Radio
2: Welcome back. We've been talking about the physical and the emotional part about scar tissue with our guest, Marjorie Brooke. Becky, I think you had a, a one more question before we uh, moved on to this third section.
1: Yeah, I do. And it's because I think there's so many of us that deal with this. You know, as a breast cancer patient myself, when I went through all the radiation and all the trauma and we kind of touched on it earlier, um, you know, we talk about there's superficial scars and there's really deep scars. And I know that there's different ways to treat both. So Mm -hmm. first off, it's kind of a two-part question. First off, how do you, what's the difference in how you would treat a, a superficial scar versus a deep one? And then let's connect that part into this myofascial release that sometimes we need um, when we're going through mm-hmm. breast cancer. We have all those pains in our chest after mm-hmm. the fact. So why don't you speak to that that question? Okay,
3: well, in regard to the way I treat, I treat it pretty much as far as the hands-on part the same because no matter what, whether I start with the superficial, no matter what, and I actually work my way layer by layer by layer down uh, because if I went for the deep stuff first, blowing past all the stuff in the front in the, and in the superficial... A, I'm going to cause you pain. B, I'm going to miss all of that. So we don't work that way. You work gently and you go down layer by layer. And eventually, in the body, okay. will show you where you need to go um, mm-hmm. to work with that. So you always start with the superficial and work your way down. It also gives the the person the ability to work through anything else that might come up. Emotions also make a connection that when I press here, they're feeling pain there. Why is that? So that always happens. Um, in regards to myofascial, especially with like radiation... Myofascial is a very, release is a very, very gentle technique. It's a supportive technique with hands on that not only allows your body to release the trauma that it's been going through and help release the tissue to mobilize, puts you back in connection with your own body. That is one of the main goals there. It is very big about emotional release with myofascial release and support for your body that's been through a very traumatic situation and everyone should go, should have myofascial release. What
1: what does that word mean? What's the definition?
3: It's really easy because really any type of body work, soft tissue work, is myofascial release. It's myo meaning muscle, fascia meaning meaning your fascia, your connective tissue, and release being that it's being released. Any type of massage is myofascial release, but there's a specific technique called myofascial release, which is a very light, hands-on technique that helps support and let your body unwind and let go and separate and try to restore, it, restore its equilibrium at the same time, releasing emotional trauma. It's an excellent technique and you can do it in the hospital bed, still bandaged, you know, come in and someone can do that for you because it's that light along as with lymphatic. And it's highly recommended for anybody who's had a trauma, especially with radiation and uh, mm-hmm. breast cancer. Um, but for any type of um, um, surgery or anything, it's a great, fantastic technique to, uh, and to experience. Yeah, because
1: I, I know that I've had... With all the radiation, you know, I have those really deep chest pains that yeah. feels like I'm giving birth in my lungs or something. And and it right. was described that that's what I need because all these things are connected. So, if, if I move the wrong way on the top and it pulls something on the top, then it's yeah. pulling the layers in between and everything's going at the same time. But they're working against yeah. each other because there's too much tightness in there. So. Um that sounds like sounds like it's just really the right thing to do. So anyway, I just wanted to ask that before we move on. So thank yeah, you for
3: indulging me. <laughs> let me just add one uh-huh. more thing with that, that the other thing that I really want all the women out there to start focusing on is actually their breathing. Because mm-hmm. you guys are limited, have limited the use of your rib cage and your intercostal muscles and your diaphragm due to all the trauma, the compression, and the restriction. So one of the most important things that you guys can do simply is practice breathing with a full three-dimensional expansion of your ribcage from the front, from the back. Lay on your back and breathe. Make it, make everything expand. Feel the the table or the floor or the bed on your back. Lay on your side. Feel your sides. Lay on your stomach, which might be difficult for some of you, but try to feel proprioceptively it all around and breathe into whatever surfaces and all the way around and start bringing your your ribcage muscles back and your diaphragm back because breath is the first thing in life and you got to make establish that.
1: You know, something really funny, last night I was in the hospital and I was, it's not not a big deal, but I was in there and they hooked me up to this oxygen monitor and I had to consciously take deep breaths to get my yep. oxygen level over 90. And when I yep. wouldn't do that, if I was just kind of starting to drift off, the alarm would go off because I was under, a couple of times I was under 80%. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it just went to show me that, how much breathing, I need to breathe more, <laughs> yes, <we laughs> you know, <all> <laughs> just take those deep breaths, and you know, I can't carry a monitor around yeah. with me like that, but wow, that was really an eye opener for me, I had no idea mm-hmm. that I was breathing so shallowly, so, good, and you know, that's the, a
2: habit too, you yeah, know, because we is. don't, we don't do it because of the pain or whatever,
3: oh, and yep. yeah, that makes a difference, and the problem, yep. the habit becomes what? Your norm, yeah, exactly. that's right. So when it's become exactly. your norm, then you're constantly walking on a limited. Then you get headaches. Then you you're tired. You're more fatigued all of the time. You know, because you're not getting yep. proper. You get confused. You forget things more because you're not getting proper oxygen all the way to your brain.
1: So yes. very, very. Yeah. I just tell my husband I'm things. not that forgetful. I just don't breathe deep enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> cool (laughs) all right right. well we got a lot more to talk about so Sharon have at it you know
2: yeah I I, I, obviously it's it's very apparent why you became an educator on this and you started Brooks seminars um, Mm -hmm. that consists of lectures and training programs and things like that just tell us a little bit about that and and uh, how people can connect with you as a an educator because this sounds fascinating
3: well um I, I do I teach profession I teach um, uh hands-on classes uh to professionals all healthcare professionals and my therapeutic stretching also includes personal trainers um, but um, and I go around the world and I teach for staff at hospitals and rehab centers for schools um, for associations um, I also speak if you if people have uh organizations uh support groups like I can you know the Cesarean Association Network or any breast cancers or any type of surgery, heart surgery survivors, uh, parents with children who have suffered pediatric strokes. I, I will come in and speak specifically about how the scar tissue and all the things that like we did today with the breast cancer, but how the scar tissue is affecting it and things that can be done and things to recognize and possible causing uh, outcomes uh, that they did not realize were resulting from scar tissue and things from the surgery. So if, they, if anybody would like to invite me in and have me come and share some information with their group, um, they can just go to my website, MarjorieBrookSeminars.com, and that's uh, brook without an E. It's M-A-R-J-O-R-B-R-O-O-K, seminars.com, uh, and uh, get in touch with me that way, or they can give me a call. And if anybody's interested in consultations or being seen or just to find someone in their area that can help them, they can feel free to email me, MarjorieBrook, uh, Marjorie at MarjorieBrook.com, or they can call me. My numbers are all listed there, and I'll be more than happy to talk with everyone.
2: Wonderful. So, you also created the straight method, which is uh, a scar tissue release. Can you explain that a little bit?
3: Well, the straight method is scar tissue release and integrated therapies S A R I T. uh, yeah, I just spelled that right. Look at that. I can spell my own stuff. Um, <laughs> you did. <laughs> basically, it's it's a combination of basically everything that we were speaking about. Because once you release the scar tissue and work with the scar tissue, you've altered. The body's been used to functioning under this amount of tension. Once you release all that tension, you have to reset the body, uh, correct any compensations that have been going on, show the body again how it was meant to move. So... That's where the integrated therapies come in. I use the therapeutic stretching that I do, and I also use other modalities and strength training modalities that I combine. On top of that, we deal with, uh, you know, um, some sensory integration and the ability to give people the chance to just re-put themselves back together physically and emotionally. So it's a whole, that's why it's not just about the scar tissue. It's it's just like what we just talked about today. We didn't just talk about scar tissue. We talked about breathing. We talked about the emotional aspect. We talked about actually moving and then proper movement, proper alignment. All of that is involved in the method. And I use that. That's what I teach other professionals, and that's what I explain and use in my practice. And a a lot of the things that I do, like the therapeutic stretching and the rehab, is so that I, I teach and work with my patients so that they understand how to do it themselves. So they're not dependent on anyone else because right now everything that you ladies have been through and everyone else who's been through the cancer is that everything has been done to you. All uh, right. It's time that people work with you and for you. Some people have had a very amazing medical support and family support, but for the most part a lot of things are done to you without your say-so because you're in this situation or your ability to stay and do anything about it. So here's a chance for you to be proactive and get back and reconnected with your body and realize, the more awareness you have and the more ability you have and the more knowledge and power that you have, you control yourself. You are in control and you can bring yourself back to the health that, and, and well-being that you would deserve. deserve.
1: That is so encouraging. I, I love hearing. I really love hearing that. You know, you've you've written two movement manuals, one for professionals and the other for patients called mm-hmm. Flexibility First. Can you tell us about that? Oh, uh, it's two sets of
3: manuals, uh, one for the professional to show them how to assist their, their clients in stretching and strengthening, and the other is for self, if you want to stretch yourself, it's step-by-step guides with pictures. Um, they're downloads, um, they're, there's no hard copies, you can just order them for Amazon book or uh, off the uh, down as a PDF, so you can okay. check them out yourself, and they're just step-by-step okay. guides to, to really help you on your stretching uh, journey, and you're getting okay. back to um, full range of motions.
1: Okay, we have one minute left before we have to do some some uh, housekeeping at the end. Um, but you have a course called Your Left? No, Your Other Left. I love that title. Why did you create it and what is it? But I need the 30-second uh, version here.
3: <laughs> it's a body so. mechanics class because people okay. do not understand even how to get up out of a chair properly. Ah, They've okay. all compensated their weight. We've all, the minute we started walking, we started compensating. So yeah. the whole point of the body mechanics is to reteach you how to move properly. Okay.
1: And then you have a you have a very strong opinion on cardiovascular workouts and strength training. Give us the last uh, 30 seconds in that.
3: Yes, I believe in them, but I believe flexibility comes first. I believe okay. that people they slam stretching, they don't understand that's mainly because people do not know understand how to stretch properly, which is a whole show in and of itself. Um, but the point is flexibility will always come first. You need cardio, you need strength training, but it also should be done within the understanding of how your body works and with you okay. in control, not listening to someone else who doesn't quite know your body.
1: Yeah, that makes sense because I think about it in terms of like putting a really cold glass and under really hot water, it's going to break. So you need Correct. to slowly warm it up first. So that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Well, thank you so much. You have been a tremendous guest today. Um, I, I'm really excited that you that we were able to. I'm not sure who found who here, but it's really cool that it worked out. So, Marjorie, you are a blessing, and I love everything that you shared with us. So, would you repeat your website one more time and just spell it quickly? So, www. What's the rest? dot
3: Com. M a r j o r i e B R O O K S C M I N A R S dot com or you can just drop the seminars, marjoriebrook dot com. They both work. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Well, we want to thank you again. And
1: for our listeners today, this will air again tonight at ten PM Pacific, but you can also download it and share it with your friends. If you enjoy our show, we really encourage you to go online to breastfriends.org. There's a big blue button at the top that says Donate." This show is something that we do for the love of sharing the information and with our wonderful that our wonderful guests have to share. And we want to give it out to the world. So okay. we do this, and we cover all the costs of it, but we're a nonprofit. So if you can help us out, go ahead and please make as big a donation as you can possibly make. Um, also, on our website, while you're there making that donate button, uh, donation, there's also information for, friends and family, and for patients, things to ask your doctor. I think we need to add on there, Sharon, about having um, the uh, uh, lymphedema massage ahead of time before your surgery. I think that was a great tip, so we'll definitely find a way to add that on there. So Definitely. uh, Yeah. So, again, thank you for everything that you shared with us today, Marjorie. It was really special. So, uh, so for our listeners, we will be back next week. Um, Until then, remember, there's always hope.